0: Just play the music. The following podcast contains. You cannot say filth, flirin', filth, flirin', filth in front of people. Explicit language. Hello, and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you went and made Donnie all mad, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, this is a Saturday, January 6, 2018, Stephen's Last Night in Town edition of the show, where we talk about how conflicted the Tiki Torch Nazis must feel. Stay tuned. The What the Hell podcast is brought to you by Ted's Tips, forgettable people for unimportant jobs. Do you have a basic menial task that requires a non-entity to complete? Try Ted's Tips. Our bland, generic, and unremarkable temporary hires will be in and out of your organization without you ever learning their name. Need a short-term position filled, like your third campaign chair for a presidential run? TEDS provides an array of skills and abilities, all of whom will be forgotten the moment they walk out the door. Need to staff up your White House with a street senior strategy advisor? A sort of co-chief of staff? TEDS will provide you with someone who will be a fleeting face you can deny ever meeting. Or your money back. When the job calls for bland, try TEDS Timps. Jimmy, lead the way. Boys, get to work. Please would be nice. Come again? I said a please would be nice. Get it straight, Buster. I'm not here to say please. I'm here to tell you what to do. And if self-preservation is an instant you possess, you better fucking do it and do it quick. I'm here to help. If my help's not appreciated, lots of luck, gentlemen. No, 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 Mr. Wolf. It ain't like that. Your help is definitely appreciated. Mr. Wolf, listen. I don't mean disrespect, okay? I respect you. I just don't like people barking orders at me. That's all. If I'm curt with you, it's because time is a factor. I think fast, I talk fast, and I need you guys to act fast if you want to get out of this. So, pretty please, with sugar on top, clean the fucking car. Here we are at the end of the first week of 2018, and boy, oh boy, did it not disappoint. I mean, we started the week with a fresh take on an old song when the president called for Hillary's top advisor, Humer Abedin, to be jailed for posting secrets in a Yahoo group or some shit. Honestly, who fucking knows what this dipshit was blathering about. And honestly, hasn't the woman suffered enough? I mean, after Anthony... Got busted emailing dick pics. Speaking of dicks, then Trump got into a dick measuring contest with Kim Jong-un over the sides of their nuclear buttons. Because nothing says presidential like whipping out your mushroom head when the fucking head is a radiated mushroom cloud. And this was only Tuesday. And then... Oh my god, shit got real, shit got real, shit got real! Because Trump daddy and Bannon daddy started fighting right in front of everyone. I mean, where the fuck do I even start? Well, uh... I guess I have to start with the wolf. Go back in there and chill them niggas out. And wait for the wolf who should be coming directly. You send in the wolf? No, oh, you feel better, motherfucker. Shit, Negro! That's all you had to say! Journalist Michael Wolf has written a new book detailing his time with the Trump team from the end of the election up through about October of last year. And, uh, this book has, uh, elicited a few reactions. Now the shit has really hit the fan. Or more accurately, someone backed a jet engine up to a pig farm shit lagoon and hit the afterburners. The book, titled Fire and Fury After Trump's Deranged North Korea Statement, was obtained by The Guardian days ahead of its official release and contains wolf reporting compiled after months of unprecedented access to the campaign, the White House, and the reptiles that slither around in Trump world. It paints a portrait of, uh... Of, um, well, a group of vain, greedy, ignorant, incompetent, criminal, immoral, conspiratorial dipshits that never thought for a second their wildly unstable and possibly mentally ill candidate would win. Like us. Just like us. According to Wolf, not even Trump himself thought he would win. So when he did, uh... No one had the slightest fucking clue how to proceed. From an excerpt in New York Magazine, quote, There was, in the space of little more than an hour, and Steve Bannon's not unamused observation, a befuddled Trump morphing into a disbelieving Trump and then into a horrified Trump. But still to come was the final transformation. Suddenly, Donald Trump became a man who believed he deserved to be and was wholly capable of being the President of the United States, unquote. Wolf's book is only just getting started. It goes on to lay out some stunning accusations, allegations, and observations by some of Trump's closest friends, advisors, and even his own family. Everybody betrayed me. I fed up with this world. God damn, do they. Let's uh, hit some of the low points. Larger adult son Don Jr.'s meeting with the Russians in Trump Tower was, uh, quote, treasonous, according to Bannon, and Mueller will crack Don Jr. like an egg on live television. Oh, And also Bannon said there's no way Don Jr. did not take the Russians up to meet with his daddy when they had that meeting in Trump Tower. It names names of staffers who think Trump is an idiot, moron, dumb, and a petulant man child so wildly incapable of serving only a fucking stupid racist would ever vote for him. Actually, that that last part of that sentence was only me. Wolf lays out stories of Trump's deteriorating mental faculties in excruciating detail, as recounted by numerous parties, all of whom agree he's demonstrated all the signs of increasing dementia. But the most shocking, the most damning quote came from his favorite child, Ivanka. Quote She often described the mechanics behind it to his friends an absolutely clean pate, a contained island of scalp after scalp reduction surgery, surrounded by a furry circle of hair around the sides and front, from which the all ends are drawn up to meet in the center and then swept back and secured by a stiffening prey, spray. The color, she would point out to comical effect, was from a product called Just for Men. The longer it was left on, the darker it would get. Impatience resulted in Trump's orange blonde hair color, It's a handless While many of the sources of Wolf's book are shrouded in the usual mystery that comes with the Trump White House, one of them is universally acknowledged to be Stephen K. Bannon. man fuck that guy he's a dick bannon himself has essentially acknowledged his role in spilling the beans on the family and confirmed the veracity of some of the juicier gobbets of raw red meat like the part where he points out that whiny man baby jared kushner is probably going to follow his bio daddy's footsteps and go to jail for just being really really stupid from the guardians article quote you realize where this is going Bannon is quoted as saying, this is all about money laundering. Mueller chose senior prosecutor Andrew Weissman first, and he's a money laundering guy. Their path to fucking Trump goes right through Paul Manafort, Don Jr., and Jared Kushner. It's as plain as the hair on your face, unquote. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. There was already so much out there that the book, which was scheduled for release next week, was bumped up for early release to Friday, January 5th. By the time that it was finally released. It was already the number one bestseller on Amazon, and you can safely say it will top the Times bestseller list this weekend. Part of this is because it's a juicy gossip sop that may or, not, may, or may not be entirely accurate, more on that in a minute, but mostly because in a fit of Trumpian pique, the dipshit in chief ordered his lawyer, Charles Harder. Sir, calm the vulture. You know that name because he's the guy that killed Gawker for Peter Thiel. Anyway, Harder sent Wolf and his publisher's a cease and desist letter threatening to sue if the book was released. Henry Holt, the publisher, responded with, uh, Oh, fuck yeah, bitch. Come on. that shit. As delightful as all this is. <laughs> it is delightful. Wolf, uh has some credibility issues of his own. In a 2004 New Republic piece on his writing, the author of the piece said, quote, much to the annoyances of Wolf's critics, the scenes in his columns aren't recreated so much as created, springing from Wolf's imagination rather than is from actual knowledge of events. And even Wolf acknowledges that conventional reporting isn't his bag. I don't even know what this is. This sort of thing ain't my bag, baby. Of course, Trump and his people deny everything written in the book. Well, not so much deny, they go right up to the edge of an outright denial, but then leave themselves some wiggle room in an uncarested characteristic display of hedging. And maybe that's because Wolf claims to have, uh, These are photocopies of the actual receipts. Yeah, he's got the aforementioned receipts in the forms of tapes of the interviews. Thus, uh, the cease and desist letters and a lot of Trump bluster rather than outright denials. Also... A lot of what Wolf put in the book is backed up by a lot of other reporting out there by people whose reputation for, uh, let's say, dramatic flair isn't so much of an issue. In short, while there could be some hyperbole, much of the content of the book is true and verified. So uh, what do you do when you are caught buck naked on the bathroom floor grooving with the girl next door? Well, you attack the sources, not the content. And the most visible source is, of course, your friend and mine, Stephen Bannon. Dick! The White House issued one of the most amazingly amazing statements I have ever heard about a former staff member. This is what the president said in a statement released just a few moments ago. Let's take a look at this, Wolf. He said, Steve Bannon has nothing to do with me or my presidency. When he was fired, he not only lost his job, he lost his mind. Steve was a staffer who worked for me after I had already won the nomination by defeating 17 candidates, often described as the most talented field ever assembled in the Republican Party. The president goes on to say this, now that he is on his own, Steve is learning that winning isn't as easy as I make it look. Steve had very little to do with our historic victory, which was delivered by the forgotten men and women of this country. Yet Steve had everything to do with the loss of a Senate seat in Alabama held for more than 30 years by Republicans. The president then says this, Steve doesn't represent my base. He's only in it for himself. Wow. Donnie sounds, uh... You seem upset. Hell yeah, I'm upset. Trump's lawyers also fired off threatening letters to Bannon over violating his non-disclosure disparagement agreement, which he signed when he was working for the campaign, but probably doesn't cover his time at the White House. And anyway, those are about as enforceable as a masturbation ban at a beep show booth. And of course, now that friendship over between Don and Steve, Bannon gets his very own Trumpian Twitter nickname. This is from one of Trump's tweets. I authorized zero access to the White House, actually turned him down many times, to the author of phony book. I never spoke to him for a book, full of lies, misrepresentations, and sources that don't exist. Look at this guy's patch and watch what happens between him and Sloppy Steve. You know, even as a devoted anti-Trumper, I think he ought to be kicked off Twitter. I have to say, Sloppy Steve is just fucking beautiful. I mean, it encapsulates the essence of Bannon. It baffles me what the fuck Bannon was thinking saying all this stuff to Wolf. There are two possibilities. Either he thought he was so powerful he could stab the president and his family in the back and get away with it, or he's so stupid that he thought he was powerful enough to stab the president and his family in the back and get away with it. See, it's, it's not different. It's the same, just changed. Either the way, he stabbed a notoriously vengeful and petty man in the back publicly and is daring him to do something about it. And it seems to this podcast... That Steve might just be getting high on his own supply. Maybe he believes he actually is some kind of master strategist who is definitely manipulating those in power with his hordes of basement dwelling Pepe placeholders for pimples and tiki torch toting twits. But the evidence for this is scant at best. The big money people are already turning on Bannon. Rebecca Mercer, sign of the creepy ass billionaire funders of Breitbart, said Thursday, quote, My family and I have not communicated with Steve Bannon in many months and provided no financial support to his political agenda, nor do we support his recent actions and statements, unquote. A spokesman for Sheldon Adelson, the Vegas casino owner who finances some real nut jobs, said, quote, The Adelsons will not be supporting Steve Bannon's efforts. For anyone to infer anything otherwise is wrong, unquote. The donors of the GOP were never happy with Bannon or his association with Trump. What with Bannon's overt populism and close association with the new American Nazis, now that Trump is shitting on his head, they, are free, they feel free to flush Steve down the toilet like the stubborn turd that he is. But what about the white polo-shirted Nazis, the packs of Pepes, the fuckwits who once called Bannon their hungover messiah? Whatever, you're dead to me. A spokesman for the National Policy Institute, a little Nazi think tank, said, quote, to us, Bannon has been done as an ideological force for a long time. Bannon is only relevant to the extent he makes money flow to causes and candidates, unquote. Another racist cockbag said a letter on from the same article in Vice, quote, they're not saying Bannon was our boy and now he's out. That proves Trump is no good. It sounds like they are trying to maintain a relationship with Trump, unquote. But wait, there's more. On the social network app Gab, which is favored by alt-right and neo-Nazi supporters for refusing to censor content, one of the most popular users, Ricky Vaughn, shared a post responding to Bannon's seemingly permanent break with Trump by referring to Bannon's website as Echo Chamber Breitbart, using the Echo meme often used to identify by the far right to identify Jews. Man, talk about fickle. I mean, if you can't count on a bunch of ignorant racists to stand by you when you take a stand, who can you count on? It's rumored that Steve may even be on his way out at Breitbart after this for Ka. Quote, it's like a mob hit, said the former Breitbart post- spokesman Kurt Bardella, who resigned last year and has since left the Republican Party. Everybody knows something is going down. It's just a matter of when they pull the trigger on. Quote, you know what, Steve, don't worry, buddy. We could always get Fulcrum back up and running again for you. <laughs> God damn this week has been fun. Bannon was never the Svengali many portrayed him to be. In fact He's a pathetic opportunist with bad judgment and a pinch on for racism. Trump is not entirely wrong when he said Bannon was not responsible for his win. The conditions for his win were there all along. The pathetic racism, the festering resentment of the white working class toward everyone who isn't white and living in a shithole Pennsylvania town inside a run-down trailer with three dead junkies on the lawn. Damn, that's cold. Oh, get over it. I'm tired of even pretending to care. Bannon didn't create these sad motherfuckers. All he did was get permission to embrace their fucking whining grievances. Oh, the black guy gave us health care. Oh, the rubber dick factory moved to China. Oh, the Mexican family next door complained about the junkies on our yard again. Bannon's only insight was how to use the white tears to float Trump's boat. Trump doesn't give a fuck about poor white people. He can't even see them. It was only after Bannon came along that he truly learned how to partner these simpleton fucks in the most effective way, overt racism. Steve's idea about helping the common man were never more than a throwaway line for Trump. He never had the slightest intention of doing anything to help them, of finding an effective way to alleviate their situation, of reopening their rubber dick plants, and create federally funded dead junkie storage. Trump was in it to put money in Trump's pockets and the GOP, whose efforts to work with dumb white races had long predated Bannon, put up with Trump and Bannon because it was an effective way to get their fucking tax cuts. Now that Bannon is no longer useful to Trump, and he sure as fuck is never useful to the GOP with his crazy talk of war on the establishment, I mean fuck, Bannon's a dipshit. He doesn't realize that the establishment is in power for a reason. They have all the fucking money. And no tin shirt tin shirt wearing hungover rabble rouser with troubling associations and wild aspirations is going to kick over that well funded anthill. As to Donnie and Wolf's big books of secrets, I suspect the message yet to come as people pick apart the stories and assign blame for them to those who smelt it and dealt it. Wolf's book has done a brilliant job of breaching the rotten hull of Trump's dilapidated ship of state sending the rats scurrying for cover. Some of those rats are blood kin to the Rat King set into the Oval. Or just wonder how loyal Don Jr. will really be when his balls are pressed to the wall. Will Ivanka really stand behind Daddy when it comes to seeing her bottom line sink? We all know she'll cut fucking Jared loose without a second's hesitation. Will the book whittle away any more of Trump's base? Not his base base, but the affluent middle-class suburbanite who voted him because they thought he not because they thought he could do the job, just because they really hated Hillary. It's too early to know, like so many other big shoppers in Trumplandia, it could just fizzle out like a fart in a bathtub, a few bubbles, a whiff of shit, and then be buried under a fresh wave from the next cannonball into the tub. As I was writing the script, the book went on sale, and people were lining up in DC's Kramer books for their copy, because it's DC, and the joke was the only is the only book in America that people will line up for that doesn't have Harry Potter on the cover. And still, after all of that, I think the Mueller team is probably reading it right now and jotting down notes. Got that one? Knew about that one? Oh yeah, we've got evidence that totally happened. Ooh, what's this? Get the subpoena machine. We found a fresh one. And of all the things in the book, all the salacious stories, the fun feuds even more even more than the downfall of Bannon and all that delicious schadenfreude, if only half the things in the books are true. Holy fuck, we all have a huge problem. Because the President of the United States is seriously fucking mentally impaired. Like, if he were my grandpa, his ass would be in a home impaired. I mean, we all knew it going in. For a fair number of idiots, it clearly dem- his clearly demonstrated instability was a feature, not a bug. But it's clear to everyone and confirmed by multiple sources in the book... I think this boy's cheese slid off his cracker. Don's dad had Alzheimer's, and Donnie is reportedly terrified of it happening to him. Which explains explain why he's capable of ignoring all the signs? Ask anyone with a relative suffering from the disease, and they all say they see it. Ask a brain doctor over a drink, and they'll tell you that it's actually happening. Shit, ask a Republican senator over a drink, and they'll tell you that it is happening too. But that one's off the record. As Yale psychiatrists came in and briefed them on it last year. It was not a joke. The president's not well. And it's going to take him wandering naked down Pennsylvania Avenue, shouting at cars for people to see it. Will they even see it then? Or will Sarah Huckabee stand or Sanders stand on the podium and tell us that Trump's naked car shouting was Trump connecting with his base by demonstrating his openness and availability through the metaphor of his flaccid bare dongle? And if the history of the, if this administration is our guide, if the inept self-serving stupidity on display in the book is even slightly reliable, I look forward to Sarah's explanation of the president's new clothes. That is it for our show this week. Man, whew, I was worried. I didn't think my voice was ever gonna come back. Apparently all those years of drinking and smoking have caught up with me all at the same time fuck if I'd have known this would happen I would have smoked menthols or something It, you know they're soothing for your throat it said that in the advertising I read when I was a kid speaking of advertising you know how you too can spread dangerous ideas to others that years later will come back with totally expected consequences rate and review this show wherever you get your podcast like the smooth full flavor of my mom's Salem to young me it's a gateway for others to get hooked on the carcinogens that comprise this show you can always bum <coughs> light off me on twitter at the hell underscore podcast with a show name on facebook and if you prefer your shows by the carton you can find all of our shows at www or the show name on soundcloud for me Dave Bledsoe producer Rich Mouthfield, Gavin and all the other fictional kings on this show we want to say we have this feeling that we all might never see Stephen again we'll see you all next week